Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. You can uh, reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort Casino, excitement, bet on it. And you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted. With Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday in this next half-hour block. We'll also have the Oilers Now Prospect Report for Scott Arthur Millwork. To the Ashley Fine Floors text line, uh, this text comes in saying, Bob, you cannot replace the wisdom DK brings to the team. If he wants to play one more season, sign him. If not, hire him as a development uh, coordinator. Uh, Well, I'm a big fan of guys nicknamed DK. And I will tell you, uh, you don't have to sign him. He's in our contract for one more season. Again, uh, you can text us at 780-496-0063. James from the Hood says if Keith retires, could the Oilers not sign Kulik to play second pairing and then have Broberg play in the third pairing? They'd have a lot more cap space and hopefully be able to sign Evander Kane. Uh, don't know why Ken Holland's giving him more time as it's running out to make deals. I hope they find a taker for Cassian. Even if we have to eat the money, it's better than buying them out. We have too many buyouts already. Your thoughts from James in the Hood. Um, I can see Cassian being traded, and I don't see at this point it necessarily... Well, let's put it this way. The better the pick, the less likely it is that you have to uh, uh, retain some money on the deal. That's what I'd say on Zach Cassian, but I could foresee a scenario where that ends up occurring. Uh, This text comes in from Ryan out of Stoney. He says, Bob, Keith retiring would be a cap hit. He clearly doesn't have the ability to live up to a $5.5 million cap hit. I'd do everything I could to get Josh Manson with that money. He would uh, fill out our need for a legit top 4D man. Goal prevention is priority number one. Uh, I think Josh Manson's going back to Tampa Bay and another guy, or to Anaheim. Another guy that... uh, was in uh, Anaheim at one time in his career, and like Manson, got traded to Colorado, has just re-signed there. Andrew Cogliano, friend of the show, has signed a one-year deal at $1.125 million. So there uh, you have it. Uh, He's going to go back to Colorado. I may have said that the Oilers, if I did, I apologize. Uh, The Oilers do have their own number one pick. It's 29th overall in this draft. Mark Spector re-engages right now on the Ashley Five Floors text line. Spec, people are pumped up. They're loving the appearance today, and not everybody's out there hating you. So look at it that way. You do have some people that agree with you. (laughs) Well, that's good. We should also throw a little love to uh, down Mike Greer's way, Bob. Yes. Former Oiler becomes general manager of San Jose, the first black general manager in uh, the history of the NHL. And uh, got to be the first guy who ever had a brother that was a GM in the NFL, wouldn't you say that? Oh, yeah. That's a, it's, <laughs> wow. That's a, and, of <laughs> course, story. Bobby Greer was one of the – his father uh, was one of the first player uh, black player personnel men in the National Football League as well. So great uh, yeah. stuff for Mike Greer. We're not going to bug him in the next couple of weeks. We'll try to get him on uh, after they get out of their development camp. Obviously, right now it's uh, – like he's got a lot going on. He's got the draft and he's got free agency. Uh, this is where I tell you – 
Uh, this is where I tell you that Brian Lawton uh, was uh, interviewing. For, Brian Lawton uh, was definitely on the radar screen for San Jose. We know that Ray Whitney uh, was as well. We heard Scott Melamy's name out there, but Brian Lawton was in the mix for that position as well. All right, Spec, uh, you brought up Evander Kane. Hearing anything at all on that front? No, and it's uh, nothing's changed because no one knows what you can do. Like he's an unsignable player. First of all, he's, he's it's you know the UFA season doesn't open till the thirteenth, but unless between the draft and the thirteenth, and the NHL comes out with some kind of ruling, this I'm not sure that Dan Milstein, his agent would have any idea how to sign his player and for what and, you know, with whom. I think that the league has really working over Evander Kane in this situation by not having settled this arbitration over the $22 million that he feels the San Jose Sharks owe him. Uh, they haven't, they're not settling it before July 13th. And uh, to me, Bob, I think that... I know why they're doing that. They're killing him. Uh, they, they're they're crushing him. What they're, what they're hoping happens is that somebody steps up and gives him a three- or four-year offer that starts with a seven and that he drops his grievance that he has filed. That's what so they're why hoping would he drop it? Why would he drop it? Because he's going to get the contract either way, the money either way. for the. So, so you're saying that, that, let's say, a team A says, okay, Evander, we'll sign you a three-year, $21 million deal, but we're not signing it until you clear this thing up with San Jose. And right. then he turns around and says, I'll drop the thing with San Jose. That's what you're telling me. Now, if I'm Dan Milstein, his agent, I'm hoping to get a four- or five-year deal at $7 million. I don't know if that's feasible, but I, I, I will give you a team that makes sense. Washington. I know they were interested before. Um, and there is a chance that they're going to have a, a, a significant player to out for a while. Um, Alexander Ovechkin could be pretty compelling if he calls. I could see Washington being a team that would be on Evander Kane's radar screen. And okay, was, I, I, and I suggest to you after his performance at Edmonton that Washington is not alone. There's a lot of teams that are, yeah. that are lining up for this guy. Could, it couldn't have gone much better, really. When you, I mean, the guy had 35 goals in 58 games. Back. Right, but I also understand pretty clearly that Evander Kane and Dan Milstein feel like they are owed $22 million by the San Jose Sharks, and they're not walking away from it. Yeah. I, I do not foresee a situation. I could see them making a deal. I could see them meeting the Sharks somewhere around halfway or something like that. I do not foresee a deal, uh, a situation, Bob, where Milstein and Kane just say, ah, forget it, we'll walk away and sign a new deal. I do not see that happening. Uh, I'm going to credit the source. Paul Almeida has reached out to me via Twitter. Uh, he just says, just for you know what's in giggles, Bob, uh, I'm going to give you two players. I'm not going to tell you who the players are, so spec, here we go. One player has played 252 games. With the Oilers, he had 50 goals and 111 points. The other player played 259 games as an Oiler, 46 goals, 98 points. So player A was more productive than player B, despite playing fewer games. Okay. Uh, um, player A was traded to St. Louis for a third-round draft choice by Pete Shirelli. Do you know who player A was? Neil Yakupov. Oh, okay. Sure. And player B is Yasa Pugliarvi. Okay. So, for, so think what are we of. That? Well, uh, Paul's point is that Yakupov is actually more productive than Pugliarvi. 
as an Oiler player, and I don't recall there being this much consternation. Uh, when, For when whatever Yak- reason, there wasn't. Uh, I don't know. The markets were the same, though, in many ways. Like, there's two things about Yakupov. Yakupov ran his course here, too. Yeah. He had he wanted out. The orders had had seen enough. It was just time. Sometimes these things happen, Bob. We all know it. Yeah. So they went out in the market, and the market looked at Neil Yakupov. And I know I, I'm not here to say Pete Chiarelli sets the market because I saw some of his trades, and I saw a couple of his signings, and I get what orders fans are about to think here. But the market dictated that Neil Yakupov was only worth about a third-round pick. And you know what? The market was right because he went to St. Louis – and it just spiraled down downhill from there. Yeah. I'm not predicting that for Jesse oh, Garvey, no. but I am predicting that the market isn't knocking Ken Holland's socks off. Two years ago when he was in Ulu Karpat, uh, they couldn't get a first-round pick for him, so Holland wisely hung on. I think and they'll be getting a the player, Mark. Because there's no, there's no proper offer on the table. I think they'll be getting a player, Mark. That's what I'll say right now. I don't think it's going to be a pick. I could be wrong. But I don't we'll... think it'll be a pick either. I think it'll be a player. Okay. And I, I think Ken Holland wants to trade this asset for a, any type of pick that's not going to be there. But I, I, I also will evaluate to you, Bob, that in terms of what is Poyarvi's value in the market right now, if it were a pick, it would be a second-round pick or a very, very high uh, you know, like a 28th, 29th, 30th first round pick. Mark, you got yeah, any hesitation overall for him? You got any hesitation at all on Jack Campbell? He seems to be the guy most linked to Edmonton, uh, represented uh, by Kurt Overhart, uh, who some have jokingly referred to over the years as Kurt Overcharge. Uh, gets good deals. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, yeah. How about in five minutes? How about five? Anyhow, uh, any hesitation on Jack Campbell being a target for Edmonton? No, not at all. Uh, you have to look at the goalie market. It's not a very good one, Bob. You know. So what do we know? We know the let's let's all go under the assumption Mike Smith's not coming back next year. So we know the Oilers need a number one goalie. They need a guy that can that can bring Stuart Skinner along and and take the pressure off that young player and leave him as a backup. So who's out there? Well, not many guys, Bob, that we like. Right, not many guys that I'm looking at and saying, you know, Braden Holpe, no thanks. Right, you know, guys like I'm looking at Billy Huso. Sure, I take a look at Billy Huso, but what's the market going to dictate for him? He's the hot UFA guy, and then there's Jack Campbell, and at least we know Billy Huso's played. I think what's the number, Bob? Is it 64 games in his career? Yep, not a lot. 60, no, the, the sample is very small behind a stout defensive team of the St. Louis Blues. You know, I'm looking at Jack Campbell, who was a pretty good goalie behind a pretty wide open team in Toronto. And the other thing I'll say is he has dealt with, there may not be a higher pressure position in the National Hockey League than being the goalie of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, he's dealt with that. He's experienced that. It's only going to get easier wherever he comes. I don't mind Jack Campbell and goal for him in the next year. Okay. Well, we'll see how this ultimately plays out. I, You know, I do think that there's... I've said all along, Mark. I believe the Oilers are going to end up with more cap space than people realize. I'm going to stand mm-hmm. by. I'm going to stand by that. Okay. And well, what do you think of these trades? Do they have to happen before the draft, or do they not have to happen before the draft? They don't have to. No, nothing has to happen before the draft. But you got to have a pretty clear idea of where you're at by the 11th, 12th, or 13th of July. Well, what did he? What did Ken Holland do last year? Remember, he he you know he waited to see what he got in free agency, right? If I'm not mistaken, he went into he went into the summer before he traded Ethan Bear. He made sure that he had Cody Cece, right? 
and then he'd re-signed uh, Tyson Berry. So, you know, I mean, I know that there's – listen, how many top six players do the Oilers have? I'm going to say four. I'm going to say that obviously they're two centermen, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman. They're right now standing with four legit top six guys. Uh, Yamamoto, Yamamoto had a 20-goal, 40-point season. That's a top okay. six guy in the NHL. Okay, so let's throw – if you put Yamamoto in as a no-doubter in your top six, you got five already. So, you know, I mean, again, I think Daniel wrote this the other day, and we've talked about this. Maybe, you know, maybe they're hanging on to Paul Yarby to make sure they can get another top six guy. I'm not sure, right? I'm not sure. Time will tell. Mark, I, I, I got news for you. Um, with the breaking news with Andrew Cogliano yeah. signing an extension with the Carolina or with the Stanley Cup champion Colorado it's Avalanche, different. we're going uh, to cut this a little short. Is that cool? Because we're going to get him on at 120. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, get uh, Cogs on for sure. Say hi to him for me, Bobby. Talk to you on Friday, Spec. All right. That is Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec for the Horses in Horse Racing Alberta. The 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing industry. Uh, live thoroughbred racing Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. Parking and admission are free. For more information, head to thehorses.com. We will also tell you, all season long, the Orders Now Injury Report is presented by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. James H. Brown, it's this simple. Trent Brown, uh, Jim Brown, the gang of James H. Brown, they're the best. When we come back, Stanley Cup champion, former Edmonton Oiler, Andrew Cogliano. You're listening to Oilers Now. We are going to head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline and be joined by a former first-round pick of the Edmonton Oilers, an NHL Ironman who won his first Stanley Cup just in the last uh, 10 days or so, and today has signed a contract extension with the Colorado Avalanche. We welcome back to the show, Andrew Cogliano. Andrew, how you doing? What's going on, Bobby? Stanley Cup champion. How does that sound? Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. Couldn't, couldn't get any better than that, right? Yeah, like, uh, the, I mean, obviously, once you get moved from San Jose to Colorado, you know you got a puncher's chance to make that happen, right? Yeah, obviously, I think, uh, you know, you're in a situation where you're playing on a team that wasn't making the playoffs and uh, got an opportunity to go to a, a team with a legit chance. And when I got there, I even realized it was probably even more of a chance by seeing the, how the team played and the guys and the, and the culture they had there. And at the end of the day, it worked out perfectly. So, um, yeah, he couldn't have drawn it up uh, much better for myself. Over 1,100 games played in the National Hockey League. You've been at this a while. And for me, I, the, the two guys I was – I like Joe Sackick, I'll be honest. I always liked Joe when he played. Hard to believe, Andrew, there were people in the Western Hockey League that weren't sure he was going to be a player when he first went in a swift current. That's how draconian the league was at that time. But uh, for you and Chris McFarland, those were two of the guys I was happiest for. Uh, what was it like when they handed you that – I think you got the cup third is that right uh, eric johnson got it before you and then they gave it to you that had to have been an incredible moment yeah it was just i don't know it's tough to describe you know um i thought i'd be a little bit more emotional to be honest uh, you know it feels like i felt like i would be getting i'd get emotional when just thinking about the opportunity to have that that chance and and kind of playing that over my head and in my head you know even before it happened um and at the time, I don't know, it was just like you were kind of just stuck in the moment. And it didn't really feel real. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. When I, you know, Nate told me I'd get a third and, 
it almost looked like you just wanted to rush it and get it, and get it as soon as possible and lift it. And um, I just think so much goes into it, right? So many years, so many, so much, so much thinking really about it um, and preparing and all the stuff that all of us hockey players do to, to get to that point. So I'd say in the moment, it just wasn't um, wasn't really real until kind of you know you start thinking about things right now. Yeah, uh, you had your game face on during the series, eh? Blown off your buddies on text. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are serious, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. And you know what? I, I don't know. I found a different. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I will say. I, I think through this whole playoffs, um, I really wanted to be in the moment all the yeah. time. Um, yeah, I, I actually was proud of myself. I think there was times. You know, I've been through playoff games. I've been through playoff series, and I think a lot of the times, sometimes you get, you get caught up in a lot of the stuff going. You know, you know, you win a game, people text you, they think you win the series. You score a goal, people text you because, you know, they think you're, you know, a world beater. But I just was really stuck in the moment personally, and I didn't really get caught up in any of what was going on and wins, losses, how I played, how I didn't play. I just really focused on kind of the next game, the next shift, and stuck in the moment. And honestly, for me, it, it really worked. I think I opened my eyes to, you know, myself mentally and how, you know, kind of find a new level, you know, strength-wise. Andrew Cogliano, former Edmonton Oiler, Stanley Cup champion with the Colorado Avalanche. Well, you did send me a flattering text back because uh, you inferred that I was management. So, and nobody in Edmonton wants to hear that right now. Uh, so, so I did. That is the truth. That is yeah, the truth. Yes. So, uh, hey, you did play the Oilers. Uh, it's unf- I mean, it was kind of crazy to see Drysaddle do what he did during the course of the playoffs. You guys were the better team. Um uh, that's just the re- you had the best team. You went 16 and four. This is the best playoff run a team has had since the 1988 Oilers, which still at that point had six of their seven Hall of Famers. It was after Paul Coffey was traded, but they still had the other six Hall of Famers on it. I mean, you guys were on a special team, man, weren't you? Yeah, I, I just yeah, I think that's the bottom line. Honestly, I think we just had a really good team. I think we. I think the coaching staff did a phenomenal job. Um, we had a we had a rock solid game plan from day one for each series. That you know, I, I really felt confident that if we executed the game plan, we really had a chance to win every night. And um, you know, I, I just thought that to a man, I thought each guy you know brought their best, and and you know, it, it honestly just felt like. It really felt like when we when we got into games and we started rolling, and we were really kind of played to our game and to our pace. That you know, we just at sometimes we we were unstoppable. To be honest, you know, I, I think I think that was just the honest feeling. And when when you have that feeling as a team and you start getting that confidence, it's just really tough to to to, to beat. And let's call spade a spade. You know, we have Kale. Who's just on another you level? Um, you know, we have Kale McCarr, who's you know he controls the entire game out there. Simple as that, offensively and defensively. You know, and when you have you know Nate and Miko and Landy and you know these players up front, Nas, and they're just very good hockey players to be honest. So um, it's easy for guys like myself. It's easy for guys that are depth guys to really follow suit because those guys drive the play. Andrew, I, I saw Chris McFarland 2017 in Nashville. Colorado was horrendous that year, and he said to me, Stoff, we are going to commit to speed throughout our lineup, and if you guys don't watch it, 
you're going to build too slow of a team. And he was right. The Oilers missed the playoffs two years in a row, 17, 18, 18, 19. And I think if you playing with Hellman O'Connor, the pace that you guys had, uh, you know, Newhook when he was in there, could, I mean, you guys are further down out of the top six. And that was the relentlessness that you guys could play with. And I just, and that's kind of what you're alluding to, but I, nobody else at the end of the day could match that. And that's and then you and then we got to circle back. Have you ever seen a defenseman? That, and you've been in a league now for 15 years. Have you ever seen a defenseman capable of doing what Kale does? No, no. I, I think how he approaches a game. You know, I saw it in practice. The first practice I was there. You know, it just how he passes the puck, how he moves, his pace of play. Um, you know, it, it just it, it really is on another level, you know, and, and it was funny. There was, a, there was a, actually, we were, it was against you guys. And he, uh, I remember, I don't know what game it was. I can't remember what game it was, um, but it was in your building. And he made a couple moves to the neutral zone, juked a couple guys and whipped this pass. And it was just, you know, it was a rocket pass. And it was right on my backhand. And I fumbled the thing, you know, into the zone. And he came up to me and goes, sorry about the pass. And in my head, I'm going, that's not your fault. You know, like that was like one of the best passes I've taken in terms of speed and like just on my tape. It just, I just, you know, I didn't, I mishandled it, you know, but that's like, he just plays with a different intensity. And I don't know, I, I, the fire you see in his eyes, the drive with how he prepares before the game. And, you know, when you have a guy like that, that's sitting in the room and you don't really talk to and he's by himself and, you know, he's, you could tell he's dialed in for the game and, it's very scary, and for for the caller for our organization, for our team, you know, like those guys that everyone involved got to just be thrilled, and really, he's going to be like that for a long time. Hey, Andrew, uh, thanks for doing this on short notice, and congratulations on making the easiest decision possible alive in signing that extension with the Abs. We'll see you next fall, okay? Thanks, Bob. Yeah. There you go. That is Stanley Cup champion Andrew Cagliano. It is 128 in Edmonton. And at this time, uh, do we have time to get to it? We do. So let's do it. For all the rich kids that never got the chance, the orders now. Prospect Report is brought to you by Scott Arthur Millwork. Custom cabinetry, luxury closets, exceptional millwork. Visit scottarthurmillwork.com today. Here's Brendan Escott. Well, the draft goes this Thursday from Montreal. The Oilers, as you know, hold the 29th pick overall. Craig Button's final mock draft is in and with the first overall picked, the Montreal Canadiens still expected to make Shane Wright that number one overall selection in front of the home fans. That despite Bob McKenzie ranking uh, Uri Slikovsky higher than Wright in his final rankings. Button has the Oilers taking Bob's man, Reed Schaefer out of the Seattle Thunderbirds if they keep this first round pick. He had uh, 32 goals, 58 points in 66 games played while helping Seattle to the WHL final. His NHL comparable listed as Alex Tuck. I don't. I, I thought he uh, was a little angrier than Alex Tuck. Me too. Bob. Alex Tuck's a hell of a player, though. Like if he has the high-end offense that Tuck has, has that's a pretty good player. All right. Uh, special thanks again to Andrew Cogliano for doing that on short notice. That's Brendan Escott with the orders now. Prospect report. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Hart Levine coming up from Puckpedia and orders now when we return. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.